You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined by producer T and fill-in host Isha Jerome. Isha, we'll start with you today. How the hell are you? It's, I'm going pretty, it's going pretty good. I'm, I'm well. It's a little smoky out here uh, in beautiful British Columbia. Shout out to everybody who's, well, who's suffering down there with worth air quality than what we have um all the best everyone in oregon california i can't complain but uh it is a little eerie that you know at like 3 p.m the sun can't even get through and it's pretty much gray producer t uh how you doing but yeah i agree it's uh it's it's apocalyptic out there it doesn't look good producer t how you dealing with the smoke i mean i know smoke in your lungs is nothing new so i was gonna say I was going to say most of my uh, my smoking is is self induced my air quality but no it, it is kind of eerie out there I mean yesterday especially when the sun was shining and, and you could kind of see the sun but it was just like that red like hue it it was it was fucking it was just trippy I mean we we don't usually get that much smoke over here the odd time we have is from the mainland not from down uh, down in the states so it just shows mm-hmm. how bad the fires are down there and our thoughts are with. Uh, with those that are dealing with it and Kyle, especially, right. He's down there in North California. He's dealing with it. So hopefully he's doing well. Yeah. He had his power knocked out. That's why Kyle McLaren isn't here on this podcast. I don't know if it was fire related, but it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly. No, you got to kind of assume right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shane Van Ice is popping in saying, I liked that hoodie producer T. I, I like Thank it you. too. Ex- explain you. to everybody on the podcast what hoodie you're wearing. Well, I'm, I'm wearing a Vancouver Grizzlies hoodie. I have a couple of them. I have a few t-shirts. I'm a big uh, retro uh, Grizzlies merch guy. So you can't go wrong. I like the colors too. They got like a the San Jose kind of vibe to them, right? So Yeah, oh, they, they do actually. The uh, teal. And Shane, you've actually won because I'm going to bring up basketball really quickly here. There you, do you go. Th- do you think the NBA will ever come back to Vancouver? Man, I, I personally don't think it will. Not not for a long, long time. Like I could see the MLB and even the NFL coming to Vancouver before the NBA comes back. Uh, get, I, I, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was just, I was going to, I was going to kind of agree that I don't see the NBA coming back to Vancouver. I really don't see an MLB or, or team coming either, though. I feel like the NBA will come to the West Coast, like the uh, to the Northwest Coast. They'll have to come to Seattle again because it's definitely That's interesting. You're coming to Seattle and, before fucking Vancouver for sure. But I, but there is there is fans in Vancouver. There's a young demographic that likes basketball. But is there one that can carry it through a whole season? I don't think so. I do think that there'll be enough fans up here to supplement like that the Seattle kind of fans. I think there'll be a lot of Seattle fans that would go down there. I honestly think it could work in Vancouver. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. It might happen one day. I think there's enough basketball fans up here to support a team. I, I really do. And I, I think the demographic of Vancouver has changed over the last 20 years. Yep. I don't know. I, I could see a team uh, succeeding. I'd see the NBA, though, coming here before MLB or, or NFL. I think NFL is out of the question. Well, well yeah. fair enough. And I know that's just because like the lines are here and stuff, but my, my point of just bringing the NFL up is the NFL, I think will, will push the lines obviously out of the market, but there's way more NFL fans uh, in Vancouver than there are NBA fans and MLB fans. And those who are MLB fans are pretty much diehard Blue Jay fans or, you know, Seattle fans, Mariners fans who don't want to admit that they're Mariners fans. Cause it's, it's embarrassing to be a Mariner fan. And I can <laughs> attest to that. Um, I, I do want to say though, one thing I hate right now is how Memphis, the fucking Memphis Grizzlies think they can just pump out Vancouver Grizzlies merch mid season. Like, Oh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. You can't do that. That pisses me off. What do you think about, what do you think about that producer T? Man, I, I, I don't, I don't understand how they can like to be pushing like the former franchise. I don't see how like it makes any sense whatsoever. Well, they literally like, had Vancouver. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, like... I, it literally <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah, the, our previous market was better. Is that what they're trying to say? I don't know. Yeah, and you know maybe. what? Just you slap see... us in the face a little bit more. Why don't you? But you see retro like Vancouver Grizzly jerseys like on random 
videos like on random vapor like you don't see memphis so like it's obvious that the the market for like that retro vancouver stuff is still way bigger than fucking memphis like i don't understand why they went to memphis well there you go shane that's that's our basketball talk for the day i hope you're happy i really hope you're happy uh let's give a shout out to our twitter handles you can find myself at dyl underscore thpn you can follow the show at stick hungry pod on twitter isha in-house producer fill in for kyle mclaren where can the fans find you at vi sports talk and thanks to everybody who uh got me to a thousand followers uh big exciting day there dylan kind of ruined it for about five minutes yes i did uh that day i don't know maybe you can explain where you do what you did to me i almost had a fucking heart attack well yeah i mean you're walking around the place like you're some fucking big shot with a thousand followers and i had to uh I had to humble you a little bit. So I went on the network account and I unfollowed you, went on the stick hungry account, <laughs> unfollowed you and my personal. So then the next time you refreshed your screen, you're at 997 and it brought you back down to earth. Uh, you know, it brought oh, you back man. to being just one of the people, not one of these big shot thousand follower uh, Twitter one accounts. One of us. One of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though I am at like 1700, not a big deal. Uh, well, producer T skyrocketing too. He went from like 80 to 400 overnight. Yeah, moving up the- slowly. What's uh, what's your Twitter handle? At producer underscore T E E. Nice and simple. How how many followers do you have now? By the way. Oh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Let me have a quick looky poo here because I it's do like have over four hundred, right? You're a Twitter amateur, man. You got to know how many followers you have. Dude, I know, I know. I, I was never at four sixty three. I mean, I'll take that. I Buddy, really. That's will. how much I had going into the COVID. I came out on into top. the COVID. There you go. See, yeah. if so, I'm on uh, the if I'm on par for the pre COVID, I'm good. Room to grow, room to grow. I think you can. Uh, I think you can get to a thousand as well. I, I, I think the stick hungry fans are nuts enough that they'll get you to a thousand. Boys, I over so. under on how many people just tuned out because of all this NBA talk and no San Jose Sharks. <laughs> yeah. No, a bunch of people tuned out, but that's that's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, to be honest, there hasn't been any San Jose Sharks news uh, since Logan Couture got socked in the face, and before <laughs> that, there was no news for about two three months. Uh, so wait, wait, there was one thing he apologized. Oh, he apologized. Another piece of news. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're we're really stretching it out here now. I mean, things are getting pretty dire in San Jose. Yeah. And, uh, producer T, where are you drinking there? Is that a dirty old Budweiser? Yes, it is. It is. It is. Got to have to have the old afternoon beer, you know? Fair enough. Hey, we're talking about logos and stuff. Dylan and and producer T's uh, hoodie there. You guys just had some merch come into the Stick Hungry podcast store, no? Oh, we did. And and it's honestly amazing. Um, You know, go check out our apparel store. Go on Twitter. It's the first post that comes up. Go check out the store. We have new Evander Kane. uh, Bob's Burger actually inspired Evander Kane shirts. And, And these ones are beautiful, actually. This is... I, I hope this one sells well, and we might have to bring this one back up because we're doing a new player every single month uh, that's inspired by, you know, Bob's Burgers. Uh, but, yeah, this Evander Kane one, I ho- I think we're going to bring it back because this one's just too good. Yeah, it's I'm, way too good. I'm getting one for sure. And kind of just what's the backstory on this? For just, I'm personally curious, curious because, like, I'm a fan of Bob's Burgers, but it's not like a huge um it's not that big anyways i guess it's pretty well known dylan i know you're like a fan of it but like how did this artist who does artwork inspired by bob's burgers in particular uh you know join and and work with the stick hungry podcast well you know just a you know she's a personality i guess you call her in the san jose sharks twitter uh, i've seen her around and i saw her posting one day about stickers that she was selling and it was exactly that it was bob's burgers That's inspired awesome. players and i was like you know what this would look great on a shirt. Let's link up, you know, do a limited run of shirts and uh, see if we can sell any. And we, you know, we sold a few. We sold a few. I mean, I mean, producer T can't quit his job quite yet. Sales, <laughs> but we're doing all right. We're doing all right. You just brought it up on Twitter there. I, I love it. I, I love that shirt. Um, actually, you got her Twitter handle up there. You mind reading that for me? Yeah. Shout out May, uh, May Sally SX Cortez. See, that's why I got you to read it. Uh, <laughs> big shout out to May though for. Uh, for making those designs and we're going to have a few more coming out in the future. We also have a contest going uh, next 20 purchases get entered to win a signed Evander Kane puck, which, you know, kind of makes sense. Evander Kane t-shirt. I'm not sure how many more entries are left, but there's still time to get in on that contest. Shane Van Ice popping in on Facebook commenting. You should get THPN. Well, merch. well, Shane. Oh, here we go. I will where's, tell where's you. Where's the breaking news music? Well, 
Uh, we do have. <laughs> I just spent a few moments in jail. Wanted to get on producer T's level. Shane, uh, I know you unfollowed us on Patreon. For shame. So you don't get any merch now because now. No shirt if for if you. You're if you're a Patreon and you move up a tier, depending on what tier you move up to, you can get a coffee mug with uh, a custom THPN graphic. We'll have new graphics come out every month or so. I mean, Dylan's basically a graphic designer here now on the Hockey Podcast Network. We have COVID Cup specials. That's right. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and stickers, depending on what tier you uh, donate to on patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network one dollar gets you access to extra podcasts and blogs you move up a tier and you get some custom merch so shane there you go get back in on the train dude i don't want your 20 bucks cash i want that patreon skrilla and uh, i gotta go ahead i was just gonna get i got a big shout out for the for the stick hungry masks i got one of those Mm. and they're sick i got one of my friends to get them too man you know what Nice and black, sleek. I, whether you like masks or not, you know you're gonna wear them right now with with a lot of stores. I think I'm but gonna get one. You yeah, might as well. You might as well one. rock at like a sweet fucking pod as well, right? So there go ahead and get go, a mask, and it's and, cheap. And it's cheap. No one wearing that mask has COVID. So exactly, <laughs> guarantee <laughs> the, the COVID free. The stick hungry guarantee. <laughs> exactly. COVID free, baby. But yeah, I was just going to say, uh, actually, the last tier on Patreon, this one's really special. Isha will actually come to your house wearing a TSPN <laughs> t-shirt and give you a personal foot rub. So, I mean, if that doesn't sell Patreon, I, I don't know what there you does. go. I really don't. I'll even fly Very to San muscular o- hands. I'll fly to San Jose when the borders open, baby. Let's I was, go. was going to say, <laughs> the borders some, closed. It better be Canadian for now. Bring you some hemp oil and we'll get right to it trail style. <laughs> play some jazz music while you're rubbing the feet uh, maybe we'll ask the girl next door to come oh, let's not get into that uh, let's let's talk some hockey here i just wanted to give a quick update on the uh playoff series going right now tampa bay is up 3-1 against the islanders it's looking like tampa bay is going to run away with this series and also this one's interesting dallas is up 2-1 against the vegas golden knights something i did not picture coming into the series i really thought vegas was going to run away with it but you know what looking from the last series that the Vegas Golden Knights played against the Vancouver Canucks in this one, there's some similarities. They can't score right now. I mean, they're putting up shots, but they just can't put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? Do you think this is, you know, the the factor for the Vegas Golden Knights is they just can't finish right now? Yeah, because I think they're controlling play in the neutral zone, offensive zone, and their defense is playing well. They move the puck well. They're um, against the boards and deep. They they battle hard. Uh, Jose Theodore is an absolute beast. I mean, do you see him? Uh, <laughs> Jose Theodore? Well, what's, what's Shea Theodore? Shea Theodore. Why Jose, <laughs> Jose's long oh retired part winner trophy. Anyways, uh, Jose Theodore. I just I, I did give the four one quality that, French that I went to trail here. But anyways, uh, Shea Theodore, of course. Um, shout out, uh, Vancouver boy. That one goal that he scored, where he like pivoted and skated around like three guys. I've never like that's like Quinn Hughes esque the way he carved there and scored that one. So he's been impressive. Um, we see spurts of offense, but they just can't get the puck in the back of the net and you said it Dylan the shots are there but none of them I mean I will get some numbers up here in a sec but like from what I've seen anyways none of them are like elite chances or high danger scoring chances they're just they're just peppering the the net minder yeah producer T what, what do you think's going on this year why don't Theodore. you <laughs> Theodore, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ. <laughs> need the the bong talk noise here <laughs> uh, but, but what do you think of this series why do you think uh Dallas is pummeling the Vegas Golden Knights right now well, I mean, I, I look at the last series with, with the Canucks and, and Vegas. And I mean, I know that we're Canucks home fans and everything. And we wanted the Canucks to win. But really, the, Vegas should have should have finished them off earlier. I mean, it, a lot of the games, they had more shots on net. A lot of the games, they had more chances. They dominated puck possession. And they just didn't get it done against, let's be honest, a lower caliber team. And now that they're, they, you know, it's like you look at that game seven, especially where they were almost 30 shots to 11 just in that first period. And it was still tied. You, you just can't do that in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like you're going to face a team like Dallas who's going to take advantage of, you know, say that those 11 shots. If you're not going to if you're not going to finish your chances, it, it's not going to work. I, I know that it's probably making the goalies look good because I know that Demko looked unreal when we, they were against them. And again, but 
I, I, I think I, I agree. I think it's, they're not getting high-quality chances. Sure, they're getting the shots on net, but I really don't think they're necessarily outright goal-scoring opportunities. And like I said, when you're in the playoffs, you got to make them count, and a team like Dallas is going to make you suffer, and they're living to see that right now. And I misspoke earlier. Uh, Dallas is actually up 3-1 in this series. So, you know, it's the an elim- stranglehold. The stranglehold. It's an yep. elimination game for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, yeah, I agree, Producer T, with what you just said. I mean, the last three games in that Vancouver Canucks series, they peppered shots. I mean, they had over 40 shots in a couple of those games, but nothing to show for it. And even Game 7. I mean, the fact, yeah, they won Game 7, but they only scored later on in that game. And Two empty netters. With two empty netters, so you know? only one real goal, if you actually yeah. look at it. Um, I don't know. Are they trying to get, you know, just perimeter shots and throw everything on net when they should be focused on getting deeper in the middle? And, and I don't know. Maybe Dallas is just doing a really good job at shutting that down because I see the shot totals, but when you watch the games, I don't see those quality chances that you would expect from numbers like that. And when they do get them through, Anton Hudobin is had a, having a yeah. hell of a series because he's made some outstanding standing saves and some like butterfly saves a uh, low where he extends and skates to the side and just extends that pad and gets uh gets it off the toe um he's looked big even when he's like crouching and challenging um outside the blue paint i've thought he's been absolutely outstanding uh throughout the playoffs throughout the season and especially in this series boys yeah no he he's played unbelievably um and, you know, just looking at the other series, Tampa Bay against the Islanders, the Islanders, great job getting to this point, but I think they've met a team that they just can't match up against. There's too much offense on this Tampa Bay team, and everyone talks about the offense on Tampa Bay, but they have a great defense and goaltending as well. I mean, they really are the entire package. Victor Hedman, you can make the argument he's the best defenseman in the NHL today. Um, I have time for that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, he's at least top three, top five, and I – hopefully everybody's list because he's an unbelievable defenseman. Um, let's assume Dallas moves on and Tampa moves on out of that series. Who do you think comes out on top? I know my answer. I want to see what you guys well, think. Well, I mean, the obvious answer is Tampa, but if Dallas, you know, look this dominant against the Vegas golden Knights, mind you, the Vegas golden Knights aren't scoring. If Anton Hudobin can continue to play well, hell if Ben Bishop, comes back and can be the backup in this series then there's a chance there because dallas is buzzing and one thing i think the entire hockey world um kind of looked over was dallas's defense i mean we're talking about tampa's defense look at this miro heiskinen kid he will be one of the best defenders if not the best defender in the league in a few years and anton hudobin right now guys in the playoffs a 2.67 goals against average a 91.8 save percentage i mean that's that's pretty damn good yeah, no, I, I, it's just pretty unreal, to be honest with you. Uh, Producer T, uh, who do you think would win, Dallas or Vegas? Um, Dallas I, or uh, Tampa? I'm going to have to go uh, with Tampa, personally, just because, like you said, Isha, it's kind of the obvious choice. But after last year and that first-round stumble against uh, the Blue Jackets, I really think that once they had that, was it triple, quadruple overtime win against Toronto, it was like they got that weight off their shoulders. It was like they they finally got that, like, that playoff bug off of them. And since then they've just kind of been rolling. Like sure. They've had, you know, a couple poor games, but overall they've looked like the most consistent team. And I really think that if they get past this Islander team, who is like such a lockdown team, I think they'll do short work of Dallas, to be honest with you. I think Dallas have Mm -hmm. been sure they played well, but they haven't played teams to my, in my opinion, to the caliber of even like the defensive unit of the Islanders and, the overall package of Tampa. So I think we'll get to the final and I can see Tampa winning it in four. Oh, and four a sweep in the Stanley cup finals. I was going to say, you know, Tampa Bay probably takes this one in, in five or six. I, I think that's pretty realistic. Like I said, I, I think they're the whole package, uh, but you know, we have some comments. From oh, hold Facebook. on. Hold. Re- oh, okay. But before we get Go into ahead. that, um, the one thing we have to think about here though, is who's the better team, the Islanders or Dallas. Yeah, the Islanders have been playing a really good shutdown game and it's been working, but they finally hit a speed bump where, shit, it's not working anymore. And I I still think Dallas is the better team overall. So See, I, but I don't I, think they're going to – I I don't think it's going to be as easy for the Tampa Bay Lightning, assuming they do stomp on the Islanders and get through them as as we think, especially if Dallas is rolling. But, uh, but I do agree 
overall, especially like the depth at center as well. I mean, Braden Point is arguably one of the best offensive players in the league as well. You look at Tampa's like face-off dot, like they're they're killing it in that department right now. Just in the last game against the Islanders, 62%. And the Islanders are pretty, you know, pretty deep in experience down the middle as well. Um, I know Elijah on uh, the uh, Stick and Rink podcast always raves about how uh, the face-off dot can help win series and shit. It pushed the Canucks to seven games. So just something I wanted to highlight there. Well, yeah, I mean, I look at Dallas and, and the Islanders. I think they're pretty close, to be quite honest with you. And I, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, I don't Dallas think, scoring is better. Well, though, right? Sure. But no, I but really I matters. think that I think Tampa is just better than both. Yo, Islanders yeah. would shut down that scoring, though. I think that they would grind out a, over seven games. I really genuinely think the Islanders are better than Dallas right now. I think they're a better coach, better disciplined team overall. I think they can they're struggling to shut down Tampa, but I don't think they would struggle the same against Dallas. Um, Islanders. I agree. I, I I think the Tampa Bay offense is just a step above. The one thing, though, and just devil's devil's advocate here for the Dallas Stars is the the Islanders don't have a great puck moving defender, much like Miro Heiskin in, and well, some of the offense that comes from Dallas's defense, right? Because Dallas they have some decent shutdown guys, but they also have you know a, a mix, and I'd say arguably split with offensive defenders as well. So it's just a different makeup because Tampa's again they're the whole package, so they can kind of do whatever you know in regards to playing shutdown D with you know their third line still being able to score whereas Dallas has to play to their strengths much like the Islanders but they're very different in the way that they'd match up so again i agree with you guys Tampa's going to win I, I you know if all things go perfectly cuz on paper they're the better team but i think Dallas is going to be a way more interesting series than the current one against the Islanders no i agree and that's why i say probably 6 games for Tampa because i do think Dallas will yeah, put up a fight they will I just think, yeah, Tampa's the better team at the end of the day. Yeah, should we get to Shane's uh, question let's, let's now? Let's get to some, some <laughs> comments off Facebook. Shane Van, Van Ice <laughs> says, I had a dream where I came into the THPN office with a bunch of really old-looking computers and everyone was wearing a suit. Yeah, I don't wear um, suits here. I'll that's tell a, you that that's much. a hell of a dream. Uh, I, mean, I don't even have pants We already on right have now. older computers. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's partially right, I guess. But wearing a suit, I don't know. It gets, uh, it gets hot in this building. Uh, on the corner of First and High here in downtown Ladysmith. Speaking of hot, uh, Lyndon Wood comes in and all caps says Flames. Uh, very ir- irrelevant here. Uh, on completely the random podcast. Uh, yeah, on the San Jose Sharks podcast, as we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars, Lyndon comes in and says Flames. Um, I love it. It's just so so relevant there. A- awful take from an awful franchise. <laughs> oh, there you go there, there you go. go uh i just want to quickly run down some of the nhl awards that are starting to come out um i'll start off with the lady bing nathan mckinnon winning this award he deserves it but i think nathan mckinnon can win a heart trophy or, or maybe even a couple before his career's over this guy is unbelievable oh, yeah. easily easily in the top three players in the nhl right now some people would make the argument he's the second best in the league um dude some people are making the argument that like he's just as good as McDavid. They just have different tools. And honestly, I have time for that. I yeah. do. And like people go on about McDavid's speed and all those things that he brings, but McKinnon, McKinnon has brings it. that as well. And McKinnon brings more of a defensive game. Now I think McDavid is the more talented player. Cause I've never seen anybody do what McDavid can do at speed, but some of the other things that McKinnon brings could, you know, post an argument that he's the better player better player or just as good of a player yeah no exactly producer chi what do you think about that no i i agree i mean he, he i agree he's got at least two three heart trophies in his career i think this is just the start of his uh trophy collection to be honest um do i i have to say that mcdavid overall has, is just a, a specimen in itself yeah. in himself oh, but but overall, I, I think that McKinnon will give him his run for his money. And in the next few years, you never know how he's going to progress, right? He's still young. You, you know, he can make those strides. And, and let's be honest, if this, if, if, the, if this Colorado team can go on and win a cup, you, you've got to argue that maybe McKinnon is the better player because McDavid seems to be struggling to take that Edmonton team across the line. And here's a big factor with Nathan McKinnon. $6.3 million. That's all Nathan McKinnon makes right now. That guy could be getting paid... 12 13 million dollars. I was gonna say 12, yeah, and he wouldn't be overpaid no, because he does no. it all. You basically give that guy whatever he wants, but 6.3 for another two, three seasons. I mean, if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, that looks pretty good because when a guy like that is signed up for only six million dollars, 
you have money to play around with. You can add those complementary pieces around McKinnon and make a Stanley Cup team. And I do think in the next two, three years, the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche could win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and he's winning a heart, like 100%. And someone texted me earlier and said, oh, he's he's he won the Lady Bing, so now he's not going to win the heart. Panarin's going to win the heart now, or Dry said, I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. No, it's, it doesn't. doesn't mean anything. There's players who win multiple awards every year. I mean... Hell, back from like 2009 <laughs> to 2011, Jesus, the, the, the Sabines were cleaning out the NHL awards, right? Yeah, like 100%. Um, Linden's back in, or Shane's back in the fold here. Uh, there's valuable and good. They're often similar, but they're often different. Oh, rhyme of the week, boys. <laughs> back to the, the Shane rap. <laughs> Like Kyrie, great player, but valuable. I don't know. The team has a better chance of scoring together than him playing isolation. Shane, this is a hockey podcast. Yeah. No yeah. idea what we're talking about, man. Chatter basketball. <laughs> I'm move on to a couple more awards. I might just skim through some of these. Uh, the Mark Messier Leadership Award goes to Mark Giordano. Uh, people in Vancouver always laugh at that award because uh, Mark Messier was not the greatest captain. No. Uh, <laughs> he stripped it from Linden. Yeah. What the hell? And not Linden uh, no, Wood. Not Linden Wood, no. Of the Trevor variety. <laughs> uh, the Selkie goes to Sean Couturier. Uh, that guy deserves you know, recognition. I feel like he's been pretty underrated for the last few years. I don't know if he is anymore, but he's a great defensive forward. You know what, though, is the underlying defensive numbers will suggest that, yes, he's, he's a great defensive player, but this season... There were there were so many others that actually scored a lot better than Sean Couture. So that one I know, especially in the analytics community, was kind of like a head scratcher. Like, okay, like he's good, but th but there's so many better players. And I'm not talking like the laughable ones. Like for example, Valerie Niskushkin. Is that how you say his last name? Niskushkin. I think it's Nichuskin. You should not ask me. He scores unbelievably well with his underlying numbers, but obviously, like he he's a third line player at best, right? Where there's even though like they they. The guys at Evolving Hawk anyways laugh and say, no, he's actually a better player than Dreisaitl. Because if you look at Dreisaitl's underlying numbers, they, they are so poor compared to Valerie Niskushin. So that's kind of the inside joke. But in all seriousness, there there were a ton of great defensive players in the league. So it is an honor, I think, that, that he received that, uh, knowing that it, the decision went into more than just underlying numbers, more than just offensive numbers. It was the entire package, and I think that's what the Selkie Trophy deserves. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, the Jack Adams goes to Bruce Cassidy. Oh. Coach of the sakes. year goes to Bruce Cassidy. This one's Boston garbage. Ones. Hot garbage. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few other guys that deserve recognition for this one. It's always tough, though. I mean, how do you sit there and judge how well a coach did this past season? Well, I mean, you're John Tortorella, and you should win it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think John Tortorella, I would have taken him over Bruce Cassidy. And one thing you got to consider is they're not, or you shouldn't, the playoffs are not considered no. in, in the voting uh, for these awards. So it doesn't really matter how far you go in the playoffs. This is about regular season awards and i don't know for torch to bring that team who everybody thought would go in the dumps after losing all those great players i, I think he deserves it well i think so too because the top guys on the team only scored like 40 50 points yeah. right i think travis green should have a shout for what he's done I, with the canucks travis green did get a few votes um and and i agree i think in the next couple of years you might see maybe travis green won't win it but he'll be in the top three as far as voting goes uh, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. It, it seems like the the Jack Adams award goes to the guy who got something out of a team that wasn't expected to. I think for the okay, most who part, didn't who didn't expect the Boston Bruins to make the fucking no, playoffs? No, I, I, exactly. I think this year everyone expected everyone I, expected Boston to make the playoffs. This this year's an exception because in the past that's generally how it's gone. Who yeah. could get the most out of maybe not the most talented team? Um, and that's kind of how I think you should grade this award because yeah, say, you know, you're John Cooper of the Tampa Bay lightning coming off a great season last year, coming in with the same roster, maybe added a couple good pieces. Yeah. You're going to be at the top of the league. I don't think coaching was the reason for that, but you look at the Columbus blue jackets. I think coaching had a lot, a lot to do with their success. A another team too, Barry Trotz, you know, that yeah, guy I was going to say he 100%. makes he makes a difference. He makes a noticeable difference. You can see it on the ice. Those are the kind of guys I want to see winning. I got Jack one. Adams, Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice. That team wasn't supposed to do shit, and he yeah. got something out of 
out of a defensive core. He got, you know, first, second year players, you know, depth guys to, to put up points. And I know maybe that's not the, the end all be all in defense, but I'm looking at the roster right now. And man, he got a lot out of these guys defensively. Yeah, he, he really did. I, I love Paul Maurice. Too. Oh, that one guy's... of my fa- it would be such a joy to interview that guy, man. Oh, it would, it would be um, another one. GM of the year goes to old Lou Lamorello. Um, that's, that's another funny one. I mean, the, the top three GMs in voting, they were all playoff teams. I think it was, uh, you know, Islanders, Tampa. I can't remember the no. The, and Jim fucking nil and, and Jim Neal of Dallas. So that, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Give I don't, a, I don't like this one. I think it should be every three years they give out this word. Cause then it actually shows, okay. The GM actually, you know, built something because you make a couple trades, they, they turn out and you win the award. That's yeah. basically what it comes down to. And taking nothing away from Lou, he actually built this team a little bit more, right? He, he changed a lot of things up, so all the respect to him. But Hoppy and I were talking about this on the last Soda Pod episode. Um, if it's every three years, you can actually judge a general manager's work and generally GM's last three years, you know, at a minimum. Well, and, and you know, look at Tampa Bay's GM. I mean, he just took over Steve Eiserman's team. I mean, what, what did he really do? Well, to be honest with you, he traded for you know, Barkley Goudreau. Shattenkirk. So like, does that really qualify you to be GM of the year? Just because, you know, you walked into an already amazing team. I, I'm not too sure. Stevie Y should have been nominated. <laughs> He's within Detroit. Yeah, exactly. Um, a couple other awards. Matt Dumba wins the King Clancy and Bobby Ryan winning the Masterton uh, trophy. I think Bobby Ryan was a shoe in for that award. Uh, there's uh, a couple mishaps on, on Twitter, I guess you could call it. That happened with the Molson family. I don't know, Isha. Do you want do you want to talk about that one quickly? Because uh, yeah, it was a blunder to say the least. The so Molson Canadian, the beer company, who obviously uh, the the brothers Jeff and the crew, they they own the Montreal Canadiens. Um, they tweeted out from Molson's account, not from you know the Montreal Canadiens. That like just like congratulations, Bobby Ryan, on you know this award, whatever. Kind of naively because you know Bobby Ryan obviously suffered with alcoholism. And, you know, suffered mental health issues as a result of his addiction. So it just was vastly inappropriate. And obviously the comments are like, to our best customer, Bobby Ryan. Oh, it's like, Jesus. oh, God, dude. Yeah, no, that was that was a blunder <laughs> by them. I mean, good for them, I guess, for coming out and apologizing. I think it was uh, I think it was an innocent mistake. Yeah. I don't, like, I, I don't naive. Think they, it was naive. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll put it that way. We'll put it that way. But, uh, you know, I think we're going to go to a quick commercial here. And after the break... Uh, we're going to talk about Twitter. That's it's going to be our Twitter segment. We have a question that we post everybody on Twitter. We got you know about fifteen or so comments on it, and we also have a uh, basketball a, expert here. We have we have basketball expert Shane Van Nice tuning in as well to keep us updated on basketball. I mean, I guess we need that. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk we to you guys. You, Shane. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. We'll talk to you guys after the break. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, an, you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, a thought of like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey. Then the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. It's almost like we're a real show with commercials and all that jazz. Uh, it's uh, it's something else. Just like for everybody watching on the stream, it's kind of like producer T's hair. It's something else. <laughs> producer T, uh, how are your lungs feeling? We saw you in the lobby there. You're, you're a little red right now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't see you guys when we're going to that commercial. So I'm, I know, I'm just... I know, it's because we're we're in the master studio right here. You're just in the pigeon lobby here. <laughs> I'm in the pigeon lobby. Pigeon uh, I like well, it. well, once he gets back into the chair that I'm in, then I'll be in the pigeon. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Switch it up every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, we're going to dive into our Twitter segment. I guess we should come up with an actual name for this. Uh, seeing as, you know, half our shows in the off season have been yeah. basically 
dedicated to Twitter and all our great fans on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to start off with this question from at forever Kasai. That guy's been tweeting at us for a while, eh, producer T since, yeah. uh, you know, since before Kyle even popped on the show. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we've, we've got a few original fans that have been there since uh, before the big shot Kyle came on. Just the diehards. I love it. I love it. So he, he wants to know who is your dream free agent for the San Jose Sharks? Who is on the block and who is untouchable? So I, I'm going to start off with the free agent. Uh, you know, me and Isha were actually talking about this before coming on. I'm going to say Tyler Toffoli from the Vancouver Canucks. Um, one of the reasons is we need somebody on the right-hand side. We need a right winger on this team. I don't think he would cost too much. I think he's about a $5 million player. Five think, years, 25 mil. Yeah, five years, 25 mil. Throw that at Tyler Toffoli. He wants to come back to the California region. His wife works for the LA Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken. So he wants to be closer to home in that regard. And, you know, he might look at the San Jose team and say, you, you know, I, I might be a piece that could actually turn this ship around. I'll be closer to family. You know, there's some other great players on this team. I think Tyler Toffoli could be a good option uh, for the San Jose Sharks team. But what do you guys think about that? Well, like, I, I think Tyler Toffoli is, is a solid option. He's a solidified 40 to 50 point guy when he's surrounded by other other good players. Um, he did express interest in like wanting to stay in Vancouver as well. He just wants to stay on the West coast, you know, whether North of the border or South there in California, I think that's a perfect signing. I think the sharks can manage it. If they walk away from some of their other bottom six pieces that really like who, who cares, um, T well, I, I think Toffoli would be a great piece as well. I, I think we were definitely missing that goal scoring and that, that offensiveness. I, I think that's a lot, lot of what our fans have basically gone with as well is that we need some kind of offensive, a bit more offensive output than what we're getting right now. So, yeah, I, I think Toffoli would be a great pickup. And after seeing this question, it made, it made me put my thinking hat on, and I, and I thought of something new we're going to do for next episode. Ooh. So producer T, me and you, and, and Kyle, actually, I'll fill him in on this uh, afterwards. If, if he even gets my message, I mean, his power's <laughs> out. I'd have to like literally send it by pigeon. Um, <laughs> and that was, that, that was a commercial plane for some reason. Um, so what we're going to do is we're basically going to put on our Doug Wilson hat, or maybe Doug Wilson wig. We'll do that. And we're going to, we're going to make some moves. We're going to do the trades, make the signings that we think Doug Wilson should do over the off season. We're going to compare notes and uh, see who comes out with the better team. See who can move out. Maybe a, a Martin Jones contract. Maybe somebody can swing a Mark Edward Vlasic deal. Uh, but that's what we're going to do for the next episode of the stick hungry podcast since we have no San Jose sharks news to talk about. Uh, so we'll get into that. If anybody has suggestions, moves that you think we should make, send us a message on Twitter at stick hungry pod. Uh, but let's get into the next part of this. I made a post earlier today saying if you were Doug Wilson uh, for the off season, what's one move you would make. And the fans went nuts. Uh, we have a bunch of comments here on Twitter. Uh, this one's from Derek at hockey. Cool guy. He just writes quit. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen, Derek, but, uh, uh, you can wish if you want, uh, captain Jack Cooper and Chloe at Jack's the one. Wow. Uh, he Whoa. says, get Pavelski back. LOL. Uh, boys, I don't think Pavelski's coming back. No, he's going to the cup finals with uh, with the Dallas Stars. He's perfectly fine. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I Captain think... America is at his new home. Yeah, it's sad to say uh, because we, we really do miss uh, Joe Pavelski. You know what's here. even sadder is you're stuck with Velasic now. Yeah, I know. The pickle man. Uh, <laughs> that's an expensive pickle, folks. Uh, I didn't even think of it. <laughs> at Yetso97. He says Burns to Toronto for William Nylander. Who says no? Um, and then he writes sarcasm at the end. Uh, you know, if we if we could swing that somehow, I'll, I'll take that all day long. Clear some cap, get a good right winger for this team. But I, I don't know, boys. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Producer T, do you see any that uh, jump out on the page uh, well, for you in regards to this question? There was another one that kind of mentioned Pavelski, but it's almost like this person forgot that Pavelski was originally on the Sharks. I'll, uh, yeah. Not another Leafs pod uh, at Leafs pod says a need leadership in the room might sniff around a team that has been successful this postseason to see if some vet players are available. Pavelski and Dallas comes to mind as a potential target. Um, yeah, I, I mean, 
I, I don't know. The way he writes that suggests to me that he has no idea that Pavelski played. Like, come on, Ken. Come on, Ken. Yeah, you know, if, if, if you guys are a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I know Zach Croft is. Uh, go check out Not Another Leafs podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Shade Van Ice is jumping in on Facebook saying, "Hot take: The Sharks should disband the team, leave the NHL, come back, and draft players like Vegas. That is a hell of a route to take, man. I don't know. I don't know, Shane. That's uh, that's, that's fucking steaming. That. <laughs> what, what if you disband the team? They're like, yeah, we're not going to let you back in now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hockey in San Jose is done forever. You know what I think? And this isn't hot. This is actually realistic. And maybe San Jose listeners of yours." won't like this maybe some will i don't think go after one dream free agent i think be proactive your bottom six a lot of them are expendable i think like you have four ufas walk away from whoever you can um sign some i don't know eight hundred thousand you know dollar veterans who maybe if they have a one-way contract or two it doesn't matter have a competitive camp to fill in those extra roles but actually go out into free agency and spend a little bit of the money that you may have in maybe a Mikel Granlin and like a TJ Brody on the back end. Mikel Granlin, maybe he's not a top six player anymore, but I think he's a solid 40-point player, 40 to 50-point player who can play the center position as high as the second line and also can play, I don't know if he played left or right wing, but regardless of wing, he's only going to cost you $3.5 million. He hasn't had a very good season the last couple of years in Nashville, so I take you can get him at like two years and like a show-me deal, maybe even one with, with the way the world is during COVID. So I think that's a smart and a TJ Brody. At most, a $4 million defender, again, on a cheaper, shorter-term deal. And that may even be what these players want who join a San Jose club who, like Dylan suggested with Toffoli, can come in and be like, hey, maybe I can be you know, one of a few new pieces that can really turn this thing around. Because let's be honest, the San Jose Sharks, they're not rebuilding. They're going to try to stay competitive for the next four or five years here with the, assumingly anyways, from my position as an outsider with the, the contracts that they have. I think it depends. This year is really going to tell us what direction the team goes in. Because I think if we're a, a bottom three team again this year, I, I don't know. I, I can see us going through a rebuild. We've talked about it quite a bit on True. this podcast. But I don't think Doug's going to let that happen. Though. I think he's going to address, like he's going to try in signing I, it to Foley and like a Grandlin. Or I just said Grandlin because that was my example. But whoever is no, in that range. But you're right. The bottom six is important. Because you look at our top six. Yeah, there's room for improvement, but it's, but it's not fine. terrible. It's not, yeah. you know, it's it's adequate. Uh, but yeah, you got to fill out that depth. And it, it's so hard to, you know, have quality depth when you have so much money tied into, you know, a handful of players like Burns, Vlasic, Carlson. I mean, there's so much money tied up in those three guys. I feel like down the road somewhere, one of those guys has to go. Mm -hmm. If we can really fill in this team. Uh, with with quality players, I mean, well, Minnesota did it right, and they have some big contracts tied up to mind mind you, lesser of a annual average value. They, they they are they have some anchors, and they were lucky enough to build through some of the players they drafted, who put up just some good bottom six numbers. The leadership of Miko Koivu down there, so I, it is possible, but. Doug Doug Wilson's in for a hell of a summer, or I guess a hell of a fall. Yeah, I know. I keep I keep catching myself <laughs> saying that as well. But summer's over. I mean, Jesus Christ, look outside. You can really tell it's an apocalypse now. Out there. Um, you know, we have a bunch of people jumping in here saying, "Get a good goalie, sign and trade for a goalie." That's kind um, of a given. Right? That's kind I mean, of a, uh, kind of a given. Yeah. I, by the way. Everyone listening, it's an honor for me to be on this podcast. I'm like the podcast's biggest fan, I think, outside of Shane. Uh, back when, you know, producer T and Dylan were just... I don't know, Nick Floyd, Solomon Strader might have something okay, to say about okay. that, but I don't fair, know, I don't know. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, but I just I just have to say, as, as, a, as a loyal listener who's been going back since, you know, episode one, I know producer T has some hate words for Jones. So it's a given that, like, <laughs> you guys, you don't have to touch on the goalie because everyone who listens to this podcast <laughs> yeah. knows that, like, the goalie... He's good as gone in your eyes. No, and it's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. He actually saved the podcast last week uh, after Kyle was having issues with his internet. Um, you know, Joey Romero says trade Martin Jones, make Aaron Dell the starter, have Alexei Melnichuk as his backup and starter on rest no. days. No, sorry, buddy. There's enough goalies in free agency where if you can somehow move Jones then you sign one of these other goalies. You don't make Aaron Dell the starter. You know, I, I saw that trade with the St. Louis Blues and Montreal, and I thought to myself, you know what? Jake Allen would have been a good addition to the yeah. San Jose Sharks team. I think someone like that in the 3 to $4 million range, 
that can play, you know, a solid 40, 50 games. And whoever your backup is, whether it's Dell, even Jones, honestly, if you can't move that contract or bring up that younger guy, I think that puts you in a better position moving forward on the back end. I hope this young Russian uh, Melchinuk can actually pan out and be a decent goaltender in this league. I don't know how much confidence I have. I mean, goalies are a tough one to read, but I think if the San Jose Sharks can do it, they should add, you know, not a five, $6 million goalie, but you know, just one step down in free agency, if they can swing it. Hey, you know, Jake Allen, third round pick, right? Is what, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can get out. You want Alex Stalock back. You can get him for a fifth, probably <laughs> They're fifth. In <laughs> and he put up pretty good numbers. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, Hey, it, San Jose, they probably want Stalock back versus Jones right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Uh, Producer T, do you see any other comments on uh, Twitter that you want to touch on? Um, honestly, it, it mainly have been uh, <laughs> Cade for Louis Erickson. That's, that's a good one. Okay. Uh, from uh, all uh, yours, bud. <laughs> of the century. No, but I mean, I, for the most part, it, it, like you said, Dylan, it seems to be mainly goalie. And to touch kind of what on Isha was saying about how next year, like, you know, Doug Wilson's not just kind of sit around. He's going to make those moves. I think the only move that, that really tells us is that he wants to improve directly next year and it's not a rebuild is a big goalie move. I, if, we, if, he, if he doesn't make any kind of like big goalie move, if he just kind of tries to patch a little hole or he just brings a young guy through, I, I honestly, I don't see this team improving. I, 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 yeah. Even if we pick up a Tyler Toffoli, I think that is such a weak spot for this team that we might as well just do a full rebuild if we're not going to deal with that issue head on. Because that, with all season, all season, that was our number one issue. We had good games. We were winning two one. We were, you know, we were putting shots on nets a lot of games, and we just lost it in the third. We gave up three goals in the third to poor goaltending, and that was with Dell too. I mean, Dell did better, but Dell still isn't. It's not a superstar, so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like without without remotely fixing that, I don't care who we sign, to be honest. I don't see us getting that much better. No, I agree. I mean, Producer T, early in the season, I mean, how many times did we watch the San Jose Sharks team lose a game in the last five minutes because mm-hmm. a week literally went in on one of our goaltenders? And then, you know, it just kind of spiraled down from there, and that wasn't really the issue anymore as the whole team was the issue eventually. But, you yeah. know, our, our goaltenders really didn't help us out. I, and I've said it before. I think, you know, no matter what direction, if Doug Wilson wants to stay competitive or if he wants to go into a retool slash rebuild, I think there's big moves coming this offseason. I don't think Doug Wilson's the kind of guy that's going to sit back and say, let's see how this plays out. He's going to try and change their narrative for the San Jose Sharks team. I see big trades coming. I don't know if that's for a goaltender moving out one of our defensemen, but I see something coming uh, for the San Jose Sharks Thanks everybody that uh, contributed on our Twitter segment. Really, really saved us once again. We we, we really have the best fans in the world, don't you we, do. producer T? You do. We really do. Not just in San Jose. Not just in America. In the whole world. In the whole goddamn. No, world. seriously. I'm, I'm, I looked at the numbers. You had like 40 downloads out of Pakistan. <laughs> I don't know. If that's a, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the farm, uh, the, the farmers out in like the middle of nowhere in the desert just randomly got internet, and the first thing they throw on, Alexa, stick hungry podcast. Uh, <laughs> I think Alexa might actually turn on now. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Alexa, oh, Alexa, turn off you motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You see plays uh, coming from like some odd place in Russia. You're like, are they listening or are they spying? You know, there's there there is a difference between yeah. the two. Um, Shane Van Dyke, one last call. I mean, I don't. Who would want to? Who would want to spy on our bum bum asses? I don't know, but true. Hey. I don't. I don't know. They want to know the secret to that hair. Uh, I was cute. about to, <laughs> about to say yeah. that. Uh, Plenty Shane of trips Van Dyke, trail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shane Van Dyke, last uh, comments on the stream before we wrap things up. He says, "I see the San Jose Sharks trading some big contracts. Mm-hmm. I see that as well, Shane." There's a lot of work ahead of this team. And especially, you know, we didn't even mention this, actually. A big factor in Doug Wilson's ability to move these contracts is the flat cap. The cap isn't going up as much as people predicted. You know, COVID-19 happened. There's a flat cap. So teams, I don't know, are, are going to be less uh, willing to take on these big contracts. Um, you know, there might be a team here or there trying to make it to the cap floor. That's a different situation. But it's... uh you know, Doug Wilson has his work cut out for him. He, he really does. It's going to be an interesting offseason. It's been an interesting episode. Isha Jerome, thank you for joining, oh, joining us on this one. Kyle McLaren, I hope you get your uh, your power back there. 
you need to down, uh, you need to install a wind turbine, you know, get with that green energy, get that turbine blowing so uh, you can do the podcast with us. Next Ditch time. California, come back yes. to Canada, hit up Vancouver Island. I, I could see Kyle fitting in like fitting in like the Comox Valley somewhere, somewhere north, you know, like Merville, somewhere Colwood, maybe even in Colwood. Uh, yeah, but Colwood isn't that Colwood. I was gonna That's say Colwood's cool. like Colwood's actually pretty Colwood place. Yeah, yeah it's Colwood's like pretty Victoria, nice. Victoria, like they actually nice... film movies at the the lagoon there in Colwood. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, again, you know, thanks everybody for joining us on the live stream. We're gonna keep doing this every single week at four p.m. Um, you know, and you know, in a couple of weeks, hopefully, we get some fans on do another fan show. I know I've been teasing it for a while. It's just been hard to uh, you know get everybody scheduled together, but we will bring some fans back on the show. I'm sure uh, Nick Floor and Solomon Strader and all those guys uh, at 3KA, he, he's always jumping on. Who, who's another, you know, longtime Steve. fan? Oh, yeah, Steve, Steve SJ Sharks Steve. fan 03 on Twitter. You know, you got Zach Croft. I mean, that guy's an absolute animal. Yeah. I, I can't wait for Zach Croft's first video when the Sharks actually play again, his his pump-up videos, man, that guy's going to blow the roof off. Like, that's going to be gonna something be else. That's why, that's why we can't invite him here in the office because he will literally blow the roof off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're going to get some sound complaints after that one. We've, but... gotten, we've gotten some already. So. Yeah, we, we've gotten some already. Um, <coughs> next, next Patreon blog, you want to hear about the Office Wars. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There's a sell for the Patreon. Uh, but again, thanks, everybody. You can follow myself on Twitter at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at stick hungry pod and make sure you follow the hockey podcast network at hockey pod net isha where can the fans find you at vi sports talk there you go and producer t at producer <laughs> underscore t Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. well we all got it right so uh, you know we were talking about streaks actually a couple weeks ago i think we're on like a three four week streak here I thought you said street. I'm like, Dylan, we're on first and high, baby. We're on first and high. <laughs> it's going to be high soon. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks to everybody for joining us on Twitter Live, YouTube Live, Facebook Live. And thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast version of the Stick Hungry Podcast. And we will catch you all next week.